I'm Katie Atwell, co-host of the Edugals podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Good morning, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us for another wonderful episode of My EdTech Life. And that's right, it is, I don't even know what day we are, we're Thursday morning because I'm so used to doing this on Saturday, but I'm just so excited to be here with some amazing guests. But before we start, as always, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you so much for making My EdTech Life part of your day for making my EdTech Life part of your listening, wherever in the world you may be. I really appreciate y'all. Thank you so much for the likes, the shares, the follows, and the beautiful messages and emails that are so encouraging. I appreciate y'all. And as always, we strive for excellence in bringing educators, creators together one show at a time and talking about bringing educators and creators one show at a time. I'm so excited today because I have the wonderful, beautiful, tech-savvy, fabulous, just outgoing ladies of Jenna Lee here today. So we've got Jenny Long and we've got Celie Clark joining us this morning. Ladies, we'll start with Jenny. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. I'm cold, but I'm enjoying the break and excited to be here. Thank you so much, Jenny. I really appreciate you all. I know that we're going through that little uh, just Arctic freeze and all that stuff is coming down and, you know, you guys are getting hit. But thank you so much for um, you know, being here this morning so we can go ahead and chat. Salih, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you. It is crazy right now. The weather, I'm trying, I hope the house doesn't blow away. The wind is blowing so hard, but it's, you know, you know, it's bad when your son wakes up at 7.30 a.m. who's a teenager and is like, is everything okay outside? I was like, it's oh. fine. You're good. Oh, Get back my. to bed. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. We're expecting that. And just like we talked a little bit in the pre-chat, I probably won't be getting that till like about Christmas Eve. Um, so I still have a little bit of time, but we're definitely prepping. You know, we're de- we're five hours south of San Antonio. Uh, so we're definitely getting ready today and making sure that everything is all set. And, you know, it's going to be a very, very crisp Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So hopefully everything will hold up as far as the power and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully everything, everybody will be well. But I'm just so excited to be here with you all. And uh, thank you so much for the invite. I am a longtime follower, a longtime fan of the amazing work that you do. Uh, you are just so great at sharing just so much content. And so, I mean, not only are you amazing educators in, in this space, but just amazing content creators too, because you make the learning fun for us all with your amazing TikToks too. I'm a huge fan of those. So I really appreciate that. But Today, we're going to go ahead and talk about, you know, your mission. One thing that I loved about reading your bio that you shared with me was just your mission that you have to empower educators and making learning accessible for all. So we'll definitely center the conversation there. But before we get to that, my favorite segment, too, is the superhero origin story. And I always tell my guests, anybody that is sitting across from me here in the interview section, you're like a superhero. We definitely look up to you. We learn a lot. And every superhero has an origin story. So, Salih, we'll start with you first. If you can go ahead and share a little bit of your superhero education journey with sure. us. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I started teaching. Okay, we always get our years mixed up. I think once you like surpass a certain number, you're like, I don't remember how many years I've been teaching. 
but I believe it's 18. Is that right, Jenny? She keeps me on track. I'm not yes. really sure. Uh, but I've been in education for 18 years. Um, I started off as a pre-K teacher, um, also with a special ed background. So I was both general ed and special ed teacher. Um, and then I went back to school and got my master of education technology and became a librarian and was a librarian for eight years. Um, and then I transitioned into an instructional technologist role, which is where I met Jenny. Excellent. Now, let me ask you something, because I always like to ask this first also as well. Did you always have education, you know, in your plans? Did you always want to be a teacher or was education something that later on you kind of fell into and then you just blossomed from there? That's a great question. Um, my mom is actually a retired principal and was a principal um, while I was in school. And in fact, I saw the long nights, the tears, the hardship that she went through and said, I never want to do that. And I ran as far away from it as I could. And I actually got a degree in marketing, like a Bachelor of Business Administration. You too, yeah. And then um, my senior year, I had Tuesdays and Thursdays off in college. So my mom was like, well, come back and just sub for me because I have a, I need subs. So I was like, sure, I'll come back and sub. And as I was subbing, I fell in love um, with the kids, with the teachers, the culture. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is exactly where I want to be. So I actually went back and got an alternative certification to become a teacher after that. Oh, that is great. And, you know, very similar story. I ran away from education. I never wanted to be an educator. And I said, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to make the big bucks. And of course, I have my bachelor's in business and oh. my area of specialty was marketing. And then I fell into education, but I absolutely fell in love with it. So it's mm -hmm. great to hear those stories because I always like to our uh, educators to know that, you know, we don't always come in from the conventional route as far as going straight through education. Our roads may take different paths, but when we land here, we just do our best and we thrive. So thank you, Salih, for sharing that story. Yeah. Jenny, if you can share your uh, education origin story, I would love to hear that. Sure. Um, I, as like Salih, also came from a family of educators. My mom is a teacher. My aunt was a teacher. It's a teacher. So um, cousins, like, you know, lots of educators. So it, I always just thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But I did work in a dentist office for um, about six years and thought for a little while that might be the thing. I would go into hygiene or dentistry, but no, my heart was still pulled into education. So um, this is, I think, my 25th year in education. So I have kind of um, run the gamut from everything in different states and we've moved and traveled a lot. But um, I have a degree in reading, but I actually taught mostly math, middle school math. Um, but I was Montessori certified for a little while, did that and ran a computer lab, which actually was my very first job. So I think it was destiny that I was supposed to be in ed tech. Um, but um, in the classroom for 12 years, teaching, like I said, mostly fourth through seventh grade reading and math. And then I transitioned out of that um, because of opportunity to go into um, like a instructional technologist position, did some curriculum as well. Um, science curriculum and reading curriculum. And so for the past 12 years, I've also um, joined the um, instructional technologist world and in and, and curriculum and love that. I also have my master's in instructional technology, like Salih. So six years ago, we um, started working together in a district. And so we'll tell you a little bit more about that story of our together journey. But um, yeah, I've just always loved being in education, love being around um, children, love teaching. Like I think, you know, it's just one of those God-given talents that you just 
love teaching and training and um, seeing that light bulb moment. I always, you know, love that. That's what I strive for, you know, and the aha and when they get it and uh, just love, you know, being in this in this world. Oh, that's great. I love that too. And it, it's so interesting, you know, in very hearing your story, like I said, we've run into each other at conferences, but we've never really had a time to chat because, you know, it's just local, like, hey, how's it going and everything and so on, because, you know, you guys have sessions, so on and so forth. But just to hear that story, it's just great because it, it just, same thing, same connection here, marketing, then ed tech, uh, masters, and then doing this uh, job as well. And, you know, just trying to do our best. But like you said, one of the things that I do love about education was really working with the students, definitely seeing those aha moments. And even now with educators too, and working with them too, seeing those aha moments, it's amazing too as well, you know, and just in a different light. And it's just wonderful with, you know, with the work that you're doing as far as the books, the trainings, the conferences and everything that you guys are working. But I do want to hear that little bit of the story now, how both uh, Jenny and Salih ended up meeting and became this great duo that is out there doing some amazing things. So maybe, I don't know, maybe who wants to tell the story? Will we go with Salih, Jenny? Right. Oh, this way. <laughs> okay, Jenny, so go ahead and let us know how this I'll, I'll, all started. Yeah, I'll start it, but Salih will chime in because um, that's what we do. But, um, <laughs> um, so six years ago, yes, we started at Eagle Mountain Saginaw um, ISD, which is just a little bit north of Fort Worth. And so we started work the same day and instantly just connected. There were two other um, gentlemen on the team at the time with us. And then we also had our um, coordinator of technology, instructional technology, but it was just the four of us. And Slee and I being the only, you know, two females, we just instantly um, were like, okay, we got to figure this out together and get to know each other. And we just bonded. We had the same, um, you know, goals in life and values and just instantly um, became great friends. And, um, you know, it, and a little bit later, we'll tell you a little bit more about the transition too, is where we are now. But um, we just loved going into classrooms and it, we had a great opportunity to kind of make the job what we wanted. And coming from our experiences in other um, districts, we're like, you know, we're going to just go in classrooms and work with teachers and students and just make this what we want and, and just had that freedom, which we were very thankful for. But we just had a great time. And, um, you know, just knowing that we had those similarities, it was just really easy to to form our friendship. And, um, and I've always gone to conferences. I've always, you know, been a part of, of that world, but, and I'd get on Twitter every now and then when I would go to a conference, but I was never really a presenter until I met Salee. And it's just like, you need to find that person that really brings that out in you. And Salee was, has a great story with her Twitter history and how she would connect with authors in the library and just use Twitter as a, not just go to a conference and post a quote, right? Like, really connecting and building those relationships. And so she taught me so much about Twitter. And I think really at that point, it's when our our community really started growing and we really started realizing there's this whole world out there of educators that we can learn from and that we can contribute to. And that really changed a lot for us. And then we started presenting together and just we're like, oh, this is, this is fun. I think that we should like do something with this. So we actually started, what did we say, four years ago, Slee? On March 1st, 2016 yes. Um, yes, was our you. very first interview that we did with a teacher. So we started going in classrooms and we thought, you know, oh, this teacher's doing something really cool. And this particular thing was adding audio to a Canvas um, assignment or giving feedback, you know, with audio. And so we asked the teacher, how did you do that? Want to share that with us? And so we, ma we made the Genelie show 
and we put that on our YouTube show. And so we thought, you know, if one teacher has a question or is doing something, we might as well put that out on the internet so everyone can learn from that. And so we we started the the Jettily show. And from there, we would just go in classrooms and do on-the-spot interviews and interview students and share out great things that were happening. And so it's definitely transformed since then. Um, and that's kind of how we started. And then our name, so you want to tell our name story? Sure. Um, one of our coworkers, uh, Ricky Godey, he loved to mesh names together to create names, you know, kind of like Benifer or whatever. So he would always like mesh all of our names together when we would go work uh, different schools and different with different teachers. And so he kept calling us Jenna Lee uh, for Jen and then Ali of Salee. And so we were like, oh, we really like that. Let's just stick with Jenna Lee. That's what everybody keeps calling us here. So we we just coined it and ran with it. And we were like, we, we like the way it sounds and meshes our names together. So it was a fun way to, to do that. And we had, um, I guess at that time, we had 25 schools in the district. Jenny, is that right? And so in having 25 schools, you know, it's difficult to get to all of them and to, with only four people. And so that's really, you know, where the YouTube, we saw using technology and leveraging technology to be able to reach that many people was the best way to go. And through that, we've now built um, an online community, which has been so special to us just because we learn from them. We share with them. We, we really are family with everyone online. Um, you got, you know, when you go to a conference and you meet someone from Twitter that you've been in all of these chats with, that you've shared ideas with, that you've helped, that they've helped you. It's like, you know, you just like do the like slow run as you run and like hug because it's like, oh, my goodness, I feel like we're family. That that happened with us with the E-Twins, um, Alberto and Mario. Um, and so it was just I mean, we felt like instantly we were family. So I think that's the power of technology and leveraging it in what we do. Excellent. Yeah. And definitely the power of connections. That's so wonderful, you know, because I've been able to connect with the E-Twins as well on, on a couple of shows. And then, of course, in, you know, in person and, and, and you guys are with them, too, as well. So mm -hmm. that's great. I mean, we just see and it really does feel like family and just the kindness and uh, just authenticity and genuineness is great because it's the way you are, you know, online is the exact same way that you are in person and vice versa. So for all of you that may not know, I mean, these ladies are wonderful, both online and in person. Same thing with the E-Twins and a lot of the educators that we have on this show. So, <clears throat> excuse me, ladies, today, so we, we're going to talk about your mission because, like I said, that's one of the things that I really loved and it just really stuck. And I said, I want to learn a little bit more because as somebody that is a practitioner such as yourself and, and in the same role in a school district, you know, I'm always looking for new ideas and maybe seeing things for a different perspective. So your mission, like I said, I'm now going to repeat it because I love it. it says to empower educators to make learning accessible and fun for all. So as you guys started working together and, you know, starting forming this bond, what were some of the things that you immediately kind of just started seeing that was that were happening within the current school district and maybe even now, I know that you are in a new school district. What are the things that you kind of look for first to kind of assess where you may be going to just bring just some classroom awesomeness to teachers and students? Yeah, I think um, for us, just to kind of give you a little background, too, on why the mission came to be um, our mission. We both have children of our own with dyslexia. And so 
you know, working with them, working with their teachers, trying to empower them with technology really became, you know, a part of our everyday lives. And then also seeing parents and students who don't have that advocate at home and or don't understand technology or how it could help them became really passionate for us too, because then we found that we really do have to educate teachers on how to leverage technology to help all students um, within their classroom. And so it became a passion project. It became very personal. Um, and so we started running with it. And it also comes into our own professions, like for your question. Um, when we're looking at where we want to work, we want to work somewhere that is going to empower us, that gives us autonomy, that views what um, we do and what our passions are um, with respect and also, you know, with joy and wanting to be a part of um, that aspect of technology and that aspect of education. Excellent. Jenny, you want to chime in on? Yes. And, you know, we're very fortunate um, and kind of a little bit about where we are now. We, Celia used to work in Castleberry ISD previous to coming to Eagle Mountain. And so um, we had an opportunity to go back. She had an opportunity to go back. And of course she said, I got to bring Jenny with me. And so, um, you know, we both decided it was a very hard decision. I have four kids and three of them still in the district where we live. And, um, you know, that's very important to me as being part of the community where my kids attend as well. So, you know, we did a lot of praying and just soul seeking and seeing what was best for us and um, decided that, you know, it was good to make the move. And so we went and we were very fortunate to be able to still be able to be empowered to be who we are as generally and um, be able to bring the things that we offer to the district. And so we, it's a really nice give and take situation where, um, you know, we work together um, there. But in the district where we are now, they are a Google district where, where we were before it was a Microsoft district. So we're kind of um, trying to bring a lot of the Microsoft tools to where we are because Microsoft to us is like a game changer. And I know there are a lot of Google users out there, but my daughter even um, was in an interview for her sorority yesterday and they asked her how she stayed organized and what she uses. And she said, well, I use OneNote um, to keep track of all my notes and, you know, just clipping things and links and stuff. So I just feel so fortunate. And this is the one that has dyslexia. And watching her progression of, you know, overcoming this and using the tools that we provided with through Microsoft with Immersive Reader and OneNote and just being able to use dictation and all of these things. It's just we've seen that transformation with our own children and to be able to, you know, go into classrooms when we see that need that teachers are like, how do I give this test to my kids, you know, orally? And we're like, OK, well, you can do it this way or use Immersive Reader and use Edge. So it's just Celine and I would just like pulling our hair out because like we can't reach everybody. We're just two of us. You know, how can we, um, you know, reach these thousands of teachers we have in our district and these, you know, 22,000 students in our previous district. Then now the district that we are um, with only has 3,500 students. So it's very much smaller and, um, you know, we're able to go in and work a little bit more intimately with some of these um, classes. So we're hoping to bring some of these transformational Microsoft tools um, to our new district. But that's just really what we're passionate about is making um, learning accessible. And to us, accessible is, you know, being able to um, access that content however is best for you and whatever your needs are as a learner. And, you know, that might mean using a colored, colored overlay. It might mean having it read to you. It might mean having the font larger. It might mean just, you know, making no changes. But whatever it is, we want to make sure that people know there are options. 
And yeah. we love having fun. And we also like to bring that aspect into everything we do also. Most definitely. And, you know, I love what you said, you know, our, our district is primarily, it's all Google. And so, you know, we find those tools, but there are some Microsoft tools also as well. We're actually, we're a Microsoft Google district. Mm-hmm. So we're, we make that happen. So we do have that access. But, you know, for me, it's, it's how do you maybe, uh, I guess, work with teachers that maybe are just, you know, like, I'm strictly Google, this is brand new. And maybe I like to, to take this phrase from Amy Minter from Fried Tech. She said, they're so used to the twatty. This is the way I've always done it. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you have kind of worked with those teachers to kind of just open up, you know, just that mindset of, hey, let's try something different if this isn't quite working. So um, how do you guys go about that? Well, so I'll, we'll start with Celie. With okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> sure. I think um, first we meet them where they are. We listen to them. We hear them. Even if it is something that we do need to change or try to help them think outside of the box, we still meet them where they are and build that relationship with them. Um, and then we look at like, what is the problem? And then how can we show you a better solution to that problem? And I think through showing a solution that is easy, that is built in, that, you know, takes, saves you time or saves you energy, uh, that's usually a no-brainer. And usually they're like, oh my goodness, yes, I want whatever that is to save me time, to save me thoughts, to save all of those things. Um, so once we show the benefit, then it's usually like, oh yeah, let's do that. So um, we just try to find the problem and then try to find the best solution uh, that's easiest for them. And it's not the same for everyone, right? Some people are stronger in Google or some are stronger in Microsoft, but typically we can, um, once we so- show a solution that Um, is really beneficial. They're able to look past whatever the hurdle was that was keeping them. So. Excellent. How about you, Jenny? What are are your, I guess, advice or tips to be able to work with uh, a teacher that may be set in their ways? Well, and I I mirror those thoughts too. Exactly. Um, Was going to say similar things, of course, but um, I think too, is finding that teacher that is willing to take a risk and try because then they light the fire for everyone around them. And we do have a couple of those, you know, teachers that are willing to try things. And so those are the ones we usually go to like, hey, can we show you reading progress? I mean, it's it's a game changer. Once you see it, you know, you're going to be blown away. Or can we show you math tools in one note? And then when they see it, they're like, you know, they have to figure out how they can use it. So um, just finding those people that are those risk takers and willing to listen and, and learn something new. And then, you know, not everyone is going to change and that's completely fine. I mean, you're going to have those people that want to just continue doing it. And if it's working and it's not broken, then why try to change it? So we completely respect that, but we know that there are those that are willing to try new things. So those are the ones that we kind of target. And, um, and usually, it, you know, people will see, you know, oh, look what they're doing over there. You know, that's pretty cool. I want, I want some of that. So um, we, we try to find those ones that are willing to take risks. Excellent. We, we also like to say, um, take one thing and own it. For those who are like hesitant to using technology at all, we don't want them to get overwhelmed. We want them just to take one new tech and try it and own it, learn everything about it. And then once you feel comfortable, then we can branch out to something else. Um, but I think that comes back to that relationship piece where you know um, the people and you work with them where they are. You know, I love everything that you said, because you're absolutely right. The, some of the things that have worked well for us in our district have been those early adopters that are just teachers that are very 
comfortable, that are just like, hey, yes, I'm willing to try. Because once they start, the other teachers start saying like, hey, what is it that you're doing? And or maybe kind of like, hey, I noticed you might you have a little bit more time at the end of the day. Like, what are you doing different and so on? And then they're able to explain what they're doing to the other teachers. And that really just kind of lights that fire. And then we get the calls and say, hey, I want to learn a little bit more about this and so on. And I love that idea, you know, the early adopters to ignite that little spark of curiosity and just be able to take those risks. And I love what Stacy, Stacy Benton, who's joining us here in the chat. Stacy, thank you so much for joining us. But yeah, I love the risk takers. You know, I definitely agree with that. And to Celise's point too, what you were saying, that is one thing that I've been trying to work on, on that mentality for the teachers as far as a lot of tech. One of the things that we find in our district is we have adopted uh, certain platforms, which would be like Kami, Edpuzzle. Of course, we're a Google district as well. And, uh, but, and then we also have some things like for IXL, things for science and so on. But what oftentimes happens now with so much uh, on social media is that we have a lot of people that just are hopping on two different things. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there, there is a purpose for all of those tools. But kind of what I wanted to touch on was, Sally, your point was I see the tech now as I want the teachers to kind of treat it as an instrument and not necessarily a tool. And, and the tool, and this is what I mean, like when my wife says, hey, I need you to put a frame up, I'm going to grab a hammer and I'm going to use that and, you know, put the little frame up. And then I put the hammer, it solved my problem. But sometimes what happens is in that solving that problem, now there's another app that does the exact same thing, but just has one additional little button that really doesn't make too much of a difference. But the teacher has not been able to dive in deep into those platforms and the possibilities of what can happen. So it's more like, I want you to look at it as an instrument. You may pick it up at first, like a guitar. You may not know how to play it at first, but once you tune the strings, you know the notes, you play the chords, and then you dive in deep, you're going to be playing some beautiful melodies. And so that's kind of where I'm working with the teachers. I I still encourage them like, hey, you know, there are some other tools that may be easier or maybe that you might find just a little bit more intuitive, but don't dismiss something right away after the first time because the next tool that does the exact same thing just has one more additional component that really does not affect the pedagogy or the practice. So is that something that you quite often see where teachers, you do have those teachers that are just hopping on from from app to app and platform to platform? Definitely. Yeah. And, they, you know, because if they, they learn about the latest and greatest or the newest, you know, shiny tool, like you're saying. And so that's, I think, what's important about our role is to really go out there and, you know, make sure that those resources and tools are vetted and that we find, you know, is this like you get down a rabbit hole and oh, and you're going to have to pay for it eventually to get, you know, whatever you want out of it. So we try to really um, share things that we know are supported by our district and especially now too with the data and sharing, you know, privacy. It's such an issue with what we can use and what we're putting content into. Um, so I think that's where our role is key is to be able to vet those out and just offer teachers what we feel is the um, you know premium of those tools. So um, and making sure it fits into the curriculum. So <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's something that's very important. You know, making sure that it does fit into the curriculum. And I agree with you that sometimes teachers they get really excited and then they hit that paywall. Like you know, you got the mm-hmm. premium. 
Um, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, they're the early adopters and now it's like everybody wants to use it. But I, I know in our district where we're kind of look at the data, we look at usage to make those decisions. We are a small school district, so we, we don't have a lot to put towards a lot of additional platforms. So that's why we try to leverage what we have and try to maximize that. And uh, so sometimes we'll see where we'll get some requests that'll be like, hey, this is what we want. And we're like, well, have you noticed that we have this platform that'll do the same thing? Uh, but then they're like, no, but this one has this one other thing, you know? And and so we kind of handle that as it comes. But, you know, like I said, for the most part in our district, one of the things that really helped this year uh, or this uh, to the start of this year is we actually sent out a survey to all our district. We had them, you know, just fill in and say, okay, what are some of the platforms that you are using that are not district adopted? And then, of course, we went through that vetting process. We looked at it. We saw what was out there. Then we narrowed down the list and then we sent it out to the teachers again and say, okay, these are our finalists. Please give us some feedback. What do you think? And so for the first time in a long time this year in my role, we didn't get a lot of, uh, I guess you'd say, pushback from teachers because of the adoptions, because it was to their liking. It was what they wanted. We heard them. So we've got some platforms that are K through five specific, six through eight, and then six through 12. And the teachers, for the most part, have been just wonderful in being able to adopt that. And so I think that's helped out a lot. Uh, in your current roles, is that something that maybe in your district you do? How, how do you guys go about maybe seeing what it is that you would be adopting? I think it's interesting um, where we were before at Eagle Mountain. We loved our time there and our experience there. And it actually operates different than the way that Castleberry operates. So there we were able to go in straight with teachers and work with them. It also was a time before COVID too, right? So like doors were open. Um, there was no mass. There wasn't the separation of only video calls. So we were able to be have more relationship with teachers individually. Um, and so we really were getting that teacher feedback and it almost was like customizing each classroom. Like, what does that teacher need? What, what can we do to help them? So it was, it was more customizable, I guess. Um, but now with more restrictions on app usage, also with doors being locked for safety and going through COVID and all the changes, we've moved to Castleberry and there's just more, um, integrated with curriculum. So we really work more with the curriculum writers and also uh, the coaches and using apps in that way. And so then they write it into the curriculum. Um, and so that's been more of kind of the direction we've been going lately um, in helping teachers and finding technology that way. Um, our team also over the summer, they did a very similar thing with the survey um, asking teachers, what do you want to know? And then they created a whole summer training over just the things that teachers asked for and integrating specific apps in that way. Um, but I mean, it's interesting going from, I guess the whole reason I was saying all this, it's interesting going from two different institutions and seeing like how they interact. And, you know, like at Eagle Mountain, we didn't get in much with the curriculum people. So we always were like, oh, if it was written into the curriculum, we feel like it would be more, more used or more powerful when here we're like, oh, I wish we could get in with teachers. <laughs> like we want to be in front of them, but it's also powerful because we're able to work with curriculum. So it's been, um, it's been interesting seeing the two ways to work. Excellent. That's a good point. Because we, we know too, I was just going to add, 
that, you know, they think that it's an extra, right? Like, oh, that that technology thing is just an extra. But if it's in the curriculum and that's their Bible and they have to do it, then they'll actually use it. So we're finding that getting it in the curriculum is really um, the way to go, because otherwise, if we show them something like, oh, I don't have time for that, you know, or that's just an extra. So curriculum documents is where it's at. Put it in there. and then right. <laughs> That is a great tip. So for anybody listening, yeah, embed it into the curriculum because it's there and it just becomes part of the learning process. So I really like that. That's a great tip for a lot of practitioners, a lot of districts to really uh, follow. So let's talk a little bit more now as far as, um, you know, still staying within the means of uh, accessibility, your mission. So when you guys go out to present, I know that you guys present also in a lot of the accessibility tools, uh, you know, a lot of uh, creation tools as well. So I want to get into that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of your, your, uh, your conferences that you'll be headed out to and what you're planning on presenting. And just give us a little brief background as far as your experience on why you are passionate about sharing this tool as far as, you know, of course, enhancing the learning, you know, also making things easy for teachers and of course, for the learning, the learner themselves, the students. So what conferences do you have coming up and what will you be presenting? So we'll start with Jenny this time. Mm -hmm. That's her. <laughs> we are going to be in just a few short weeks at FETC in New Orleans. So we're super excited about that. Um, and then we will be at TCEA. So we'll see you there, TCEA. And then we will be at IdeaCon. So we're very excited for that. That's a first for us and a first for Chicago. So we're excited. We're going to bring our winter parkas. And uh, we're preparing right now, I think. I was like, Texas is getting us ready <laughs> right now. And then we'll be at NCCE um, later in March. So and that will be a first for us also. So we're excited for that um, conference. But uh, this year is different for us. We actually will be presenting kind of um, with with some of our great friends, the E-Twins, which we were talking about earlier. And um, also Scott Bricker, who's a great friend of ours. And we all share, again, a similar passion. Um, we were just chatting. We always kind of end up at the conferences together. We've done um, sessions with the E-Twins before on um, kind of like globally connected, doing like um, Skype in the classroom, kind of um, connecting with Flipgrid, Grid Pals, things like that. So we're like, why don't we just all put together some sessions and just do this all together because we're always together anyway. So we have a really great mix of um, the boys bring a lot of like assessment, um, some brain. Scott Bricker does a lot of things with the brain. It's very like deep and very brainy, smart. Brain is <laughs> um, and the boys do a lot of SEL. We call them the boys. So the E-twins e uh, e the boys. Um, they do a lot of SEL and self-regulation and um, project-based learning. And so we bring, and they do a lot with creativity and gamification as well. Um, but Celie and I love, like I said, the fun. We love bringing in the, the gamification and, and sharing escape rooms and choice boards. We'll be presenting about um, Canva is one of our all-time favorites. And that is just a hot topic. Everyone is just dying to learn about Canva everywhere we go. So we'll be sharing about Canva as well. I think we do have a Microsoft session. We can't not present Microsoft. So that is um, always there in our back pocket. So we have a Microsoft Magic. And this one is fun. We like to wear like magic hats and we have a wand and um, capes. And so we always like to bring props and we give out lots of prizes and giveaways. And we, we like to make it fun. So that's definitely. I mean, you know, just like in the classroom, if we're not having fun, I don't want to do it. Like, I want to have fun. I want my students to have fun. The same with presenting and being at, at um, 
you know, different conferences. I want to have fun while I'm learning and have a good time. And I think that's what we try to bring to. I'm super excited too. At FETC, we're going to be leading some meeting of the minds uh, sessions where we're just coming together and we know the room is the smartest person in the room. So we're super excited to have a room full of educators discussing uh, specific ed tech and educational topics. So I'm really excited for that for, for me even just to learn and soak up um, knowledge and create those relationships with other people. Another new one for us is um, creating your EDU social brand. So we're going to do um, a brand one for teachers that are like like us. You know, like we started our YouTube channel. What? How do you get started? What kind of things do you need to know? And following, you know, we have a unique story. Each ones have a story. Scott Bricker has a story. So we're just going to kind of share how we got started, little tips and tricks, you know, and you have a great story too. You know, how? what are these things that we can share and help each other for an educator that might be wanting to start a YouTube show or, you know, start some TikToks or just start a blog or, you know, things like that. And and make that accessible for their students and for their parents or for other educators around the world. So super excited about that session too. Excellent. That one sounds great. I mean, actually, they all sound great. But of course, the the personal branding and and of course, starting your, your building up your brand and your following is something that's great. And I mean, in two years doing this and just the work that goes into it. And, you know, a lot of people just, you know, they may see, you know, your channel, they may see what you put out. And I always say, you know, what you're seeing is the finished product of years of work and learning and tips and maybe 150 takes before you get that one right take, you know, and so on. So that's definitely a lot of uh, that'll be interesting and that'll resonate with a lot of educators because we've got so many brilliant educators out there that can really, you know, do some amazing things and are doing it, but they may not have a platform yet or they haven't started. And again, that's one of the missions of this podcast as well is really just, uh, you know, amplifying educator voices and hearing stories like um, you all, you know, what you're doing and the amazing work to be able to connect with you too as well. So that's wonderful. So that's really awesome. I'm really glad that you guys are out there. And so I want to ask you though, like, for, and we'll start with uh, Salih this time. When you guys go out to conferences and you present and then the, the, the current body of work that you are doing, Salih, what is Number one, your drive for what you do and, you know, the, your, I guess the, the purpose, what do, you, what do you want to say, like, hey, I was able to do this or make this difference? What, what's your motivation there? I think, um, I guess Jenny and I started sharing our voice, like we said, about six years ago. And I love our community um, of building relationships online, building relationships in person at conferences. It is, it, it is what drives us. I love learning from them. I also love sharing what we're doing um, as well. I feel like both are equally important within the PLN relationship and it is what drives us. So we hope to learn. We also hope to share and anything we can do to learn to make something faster or easier, anything we can do to make education more important, more fun, um, sharing our voice is, is super important to us. So um, just the PLN community in general, I guess, is my answer. That's <laughs> Jenny, how about yourself? What is, you, what is your drive and your passion? Why you go out there and just put yourself out there like this? Well, I think that's... Um... I, and I have to say, too, I don't know that I would do it if I didn't have Slee because, you know, this partnership we have just really makes it easy and um, fun. But I love being the, the teacher and the educator and trainer, just seeing those aha moments, like we said, like I'm not in the classroom every day anymore. So it's just another opportunity 
to look across the audience and see like those jaw drop moments where like, oh my gosh, or just their eyes light up or they're frantically taking notes, you know, and then you, or you'll get those email replies that say, oh my gosh, you know, this just learning this in your session changed my life, you know, and if, if we can make that impact on someone where they can then go and share that with their students or share that with their coworkers, like that's what it's all about. It's about just learning from each other and just spreading that fire. And I just feel like it gives us that that platform to to do that. And like Celie said, we love giving the audience time to turn and talk and share. And we go over and listen to the conversations and we learn and then we share out, oh my gosh, this person over here said this. And we learn every time we present. So it's just such a great give and take opportunity that just makes us better people. And um, it's just fun. And I never knew I would love it so much. Oh, I have to is- add to that though. Last night, I went to um, a little Christmas get-together with some friends, and they had people over that we didn't know, and uh, we went the whole night. We played games. We hung out, and then at the end of the night, uh, they were getting ready to leave, and one of the guys came over and asked if I was Salee from Jinalee, and I was like, yeah? And he was like, okay, well, I came to one of your sessions at TiaCon, and I was not prepared, and I didn't take notes well. And I just, I should have, I should have done things different. And I was like, oh, well, it's cool now. We're friends like that. So I can totally give you our website. It's already there. But, <laughs> but it was just fun to like, not even know we were connected, but we're connected. And, but it was interesting hearing his point, like Jenny was saying, like being able to see that aha moment. Uh, Cause he was the one, I don't know if you remember Jenny or not, but his face was saying it all during the session. So I would gauge everything off of his face, like, do I need to repeat that? Because his face would be like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so I would repeat off of his face, but I didn't realize it was him until later. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, relationships matter. And also that moment and those sharing moments of learning are really important and impactful. Oh, man, that is amazing. And that's so inspiring. You know, again, just the, the way that you put yourselves out there, your heart and the way that you are, just your willingness to share and that really speaks volumes of what the the work that you do. And I'm just so excited for what 2023 is going to bring your way and bring our way as, you know, learners from you. And of course, you guys learning from everybody there in the room and all the conferences that you're visiting and everything. So I'm really excited. And I definitely keep tabs on social media and on TikTok because you guys do share a lot of great tips and just, you know, you have such a wonderful personality. So I absolutely love it. So thank you so much for joining us this morning and just sharing a little bit about your story. And that way, educators can go ahead and connect with you. They have some sessions to look forward to. They can see Jenna Lee and be like, hey, I'm definitely going to go check them out. And then that'll be great. So but before we go, though, you know, this is uh, the way we always wrap up the show. So we've got a couple of questions here and we'll definitely take turns. So right now we'll start with Jenny first. So Jenny, my question to you is, is in the current state of education, what would you say is your current edu kryptonite? Okay, I had one and then I thought of another one. So I have, oh, to, no. I have kind of two, but one is just, and this is, it's just like testing. Like I feel like we're just test our kids to death and just over and over, every time we turn around, we're testing again. So I just wish that there would be some magic cure that we could have that would take some testing away but still be able to get the results that we need i know that's impossible but it's just i feel like it's just over exhausted and then my other one is just i know this is kind of controversial too sleep i think it's some people think it's really funny and it can be funny but it just really annoys me when i see a lot of the um questions posted and it's like 
they want wrong answers only because I just feel like that brings out negativity. Like every time I see one, I'm like, well, I know it's funny. I do think it's funny, some of them, but I'm like, but we're just being negative. And I just, I always strive to bring out positivity. Actually, one of my top five strengths and sleaze as well. It is. Um, yeah. So I just, I don't know, that just kind of irks me when I see that because I'm like, we're just focusing on the negative. All right. Good answer. Thank you so much, Jenny. How about you, Salih? What would you say is your current edu kryptonite? I'm scared to say it because it's going, I think it's going to ruffle some feathers. It did Jenny's when I told her, but it's going to be okay. I, um, I don't like it when we as teachers make responsibility the thing that we're trying to teach. So a lot of times, um, like a kid will not do their homework or not turn something in or forget for in the library, for example, they wouldn't turn their library book in. And then um, a lot of times teachers will say, well, we have to teach them responsibility, which I, I agree we do. But when it trumps what we're really trying to teach, that hurts my heart um, because life is hard and it's going to teach responsibility regardless. In fact, there's we don't know where kids are coming from or the situations or things that are happening at home. And so to make that my mission to teach responsibility, that hurts uh, my heart just because um, I think it's really difficult for school or the library to be um, that teacher. I, I want to have fun and I want to learn and have fun and make learning the mission that we're on um, not teaching responsibility. Although it comes with it, I understand that. And I'm, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I just don't want it to become the focus of what we teach. No, that's a great answer. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, sometimes, you know, students turn in an assignment late or they may need an extension. Well, guess what? In the real world, they do get extensions. Sometimes they don't. They, it's like, hey, you know, this happened. OK, no worries. Let me give you extend your deadline, extend this and so on and just show some grace, you know, some grace. And I think that's something that's very important where oftentimes you do may see, you know, a teacher that, you know, it's like, no, no, no. This is it. This is the way it goes. And you either get the zero or you get the 50, depending on what your code of conduct says. And that really it's not going to help the student and it's not going to help them feel any better or even any more engaged. You just could have ruined their day. And like you said, you don't know where they're coming from that day. You know, they might have had just a bad morning, rough week or, you know, home life. And so that was one of the things that when I moved and transitioned down into elementary, uh, I learned along the ways just to really show that grace because I started learning more that not all my students come from, you know, the same kind of uh, home life. And so I just respected that. And instead of homework, everything was done in class because some of them at home did not have that additional support. So I felt it was, yeah, it was my responsibility to be there for them and to help. But you know, not penalize and just show that grace. So I thank you for so much for your answer. I really appreciate that. All right. Second question. And this time we'll start with Salib. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Okay. I'm going to say um, leverage technology to empower your students. I think um, a lot of times we forget that our students are empowered with technology and can be empowered with technology. There's so much information, so much accessibility, so many pieces that um, we sometimes forget to allow them to access. Um, and so I think that would be my my billboard if we were going to have. I love that. Thank you so much. Jenny, what would be your billboard? 
Well, mine actually is right here. Wait, wait, right no, that here. One. <laughs> um, uh, it would say, don't forget to go and be a different kind of awesome. We usually try to close out our show or our video with that saying. And it's kind of funny because Ricky that we mentioned earlier that coined our name, he um, called Slee one time. He's like, Slee, you're, you're a different kind of awesome. And I don't think he meant it as a compliment. I don't think so. But we, I'm going to say you doing. I mean, we took it that way. We're like, it's like, like, yeah, Ricky, I kind of am. So that kind of became our little slogan. And so we just want to empower people to be a different kind of awesome, whatever that is. But um, you can be different and it's okay and be awesome. Excellent. I love that. That's great. <laughs> All right. And the last question. So I know. Oh, well, yeah, we'll go ahead and start, we'll start with Jenny this time. And so let's say that I get to be a guest on the Jenna Lee show. And this morning, you know, I'm excited because I'm here with you amazing, awesome sauce hosts. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? And we'll start with Jenny this time. Okay. I would ask you, in light of where we are in this world of ed tech, everyone, a lot of people seem to be leaving education and going to work for like ed tech companies and things like that. And we've had a lot of friends and I mean, we're super excited and proud of them. Um, what keeps you in education doing what you're doing? You know, that is a great question because I can see both ways. Now, for the ed tech companies, in some way, I'm like, okay, now you finally have educators and teachers that can help write or help, you know, understand what teachers need and kind of you know, gear your platform to be a little bit more user-friendly and meeting our needs where we're at, where before you didn't have any educators in those platforms and they were just throwing stuff out, hoping that it'll stick and it'll work. So, you know, for those educators that did go and do that, you know, that's great. Uh, I think we'll have some voice and maybe some more advocacy there. Uh, for myself, you know, being where I'm at, you know, I think it, this is where the action is. You know, I love that day in, day out, it's a different, you know, different experience and even a different learning experience and a different teaching experience. So I may go into a classroom where I learn something or a different way of using one of the platforms that we use and that I never even thought of or haven't seen yet. And so I get to take that back and, of course, share it with everybody within our district. And that's really exciting. Working with the kids, seeing all of that. But really, like I said, also, it's just that passion that I have for where I'm at. I absolutely love the work that I do. And if I can help not only get myself 1% better a day, but help somebody get 1% better a day in the district, I mean, it's all for it because at the end, you're going to see that return on investment. And, you know, you're planting that seed there too as well. So that's really one of the things that keeps me still, you know, excited about being in education and not necessarily, you know, let me step out and go somewhere else or an ed tech company, which again, great and kudos to all our friends that are doing that again, because now it's like, Hey, can you tell them to do this? Can you tell them to do that? <laughs> then, yeah. You know, so for that. So again, that would be my answer. So that's a great question, Jenny. Salih, how about yourself? What would be all one right. question you'd like to ask me? I have a fun one for you. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So you mentioned TikTok and we love TikTok. We um, started using it during 2020 and we found that we could make one minute tutorials and also have fun, which is important to us. Um, but what is your favorite TikTok style videos to watch? Uh, my favorite TikTok style videos to watch. Mm, that's a good one because there's a variety. I kind of, you know, I, okay. So 
on the content creation side, I really like those TikTok videos where it, it's a talking head video, but they're not talking directly to you in the camera like this. They're always off to the side and then they're giving some like sage advice. And they're like, yeah, in life, this is what will happen or the, but whatever. So I kind of like those videos. They kind of catch my attention. And, you know, a lot of the content there is great. Um, when I do see videos on how to real quick, you know, you know, I would love to just, hey, just give me the, the how to like right there, right away. And then uh, sometimes they'll add like extra stuff. I'm like, eh, just give me the content and I'm good and just show me the tips. And that's pretty much it because. Usually I already have my bookmark and I have everything bookmarked. So mm -hmm. if it's something for Canva, it's like, boom, Canva. If it's something for Google. So then I go and revisit and I get that one minute tutorial. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love that you people may put a little spice to it, but sometimes it could be a little too extra. It's like, I just want that little micro bit of knowledge. And then I'm just going to go back and put it to practice and, you know, go go at it and then share that in my own way to my district because sometimes knowing my customers I'll kind of have to change things a little bit to make it more for them but yeah you know but really those are the two types of videos that I like watching and of course what I put out is really I'll do the talking heads here where I'll get your sound bites and then I'll post those out and those usually they get some pretty good traction too as well because they get to hear from the experts like yourself you know as far as what practice or practices you guys do what you guys encourage what you're all about and that really, you know, motivates, um, you know, the audience. So, so yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, ladies. You guys have been phenomenal. You guys are great. And I wish you the best in 2023 with all the traveling that you will be doing. And I'm glad that I'll get to run into y'all at TCEA and, you know, get to spend some time. And I'll probably share some new stickers with me. As you know, every time I see you guys, I always have new stickers <laughs> and everything. So I'll definitely share some new stickers and some new swag with you all. But thank you so much for just really sharing your heart today, sharing your genuineness, your authenticity, and just your passion for what you do. I really appreciate you all. And again, your district is so lucky to have you. The edu space is lucky to have you and have advocates such as yourself for, you know, learning and making access learning accessible for all. So thank you for what you do. And to all our audience members watching today that were live, we had Stacy that was live, Sherry that was live. Thank you so much for joining us today with your comments. I really appreciate y'all. And for all of you that will be re-watching and re-listening to the podcast, thank you as always from the bottom of my heart for making my EdTech life what it is today. Please make sure you visit our website at myedtech.life to check out this amazing episode and the other 157 amazing episodes where you can learn so much from amazing educators and creators and take some things that you can sprinkle on to what you're already doing great. So thank you as always. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe to all our socials. And if you'd like to contribute to our mission, please make sure you stop by our store on our website where we've got some great designs. We've got some great caps here that you can go ahead and get. And again, all of this goes back to supporting our mission to bring you some amazing shows and connecting with some amazing educators. So thank you all as always. And until next time, my friends, don't forget, stay techie.